and that's just going to be crazy. So your your the planning pure periodization is on point gotta be on point yeah it really does and like <laughs> but, the fact uh, that you're with soccer and what else and what both both soccer teams and then like both volleyballs field hockey and cheer so those are all fall sports yeah pretty much <laughs> cheers like cheers year round men's volleyball actually plays in the spring so they didn't get really they didn't really get affected by it well technically they did in the spring this past semester this past semester because they didn't get to finish their season. Um, but in terms of restarting, they won't, they, they're, they're good for now. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting in the next couple, couple weeks. And then we're, yeah. we're like completely done. We only have like six weeks left of the semester. We're completely done um, when they go home for Thanksgiving and they'll do all their finals online. Yeah. That's what I've heard about other kids. Yep. So it's uh, it'll be interesting. It's getting yeah. really boring right now. I'll tell you that. Boring. Yeah, it's better than it's better than our schedule that we had before. Like we would all be here at six a.m. and we'd all be gone, leaving at seven p.m. or no, eight p.m. Straight, like teams straight. They're, they're like maybe a, an hour break during the day. That's about it. That was that was like <clears throat> last year. No, that was like the last three weeks. Or, okay. sorry, the three weeks before we paused. They only paused because of, like, because of the increase on campus? Yeah. There was, like, we had a spike in – but the thing is, we were doing, like – we're doing, like, surveillance testing. So, it wasn't – we weren't testing people based, like, when they came in and had having symptoms. We were, like, just testing to make sure, like, we were good. And so, non – or asymptomatic people would be popping up positive, and then everybody they come in contact with would be – contact traced out and then they would have to go into quarantine um but like those those people who are asymptomatic like they were feeling fine they were they were complaining about it about them having to sit there for two weeks even though they don't have the symptoms yeah and then like even though you don't have symptoms the, the positives just kept piling 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 and then our ad was just like all right we're gonna stop for now which meant that we didn't have to continue if we wanted to practice, we had to surveillance test. Yeah. So that we, now that we pause, we don't have to continue surveillance testing. Um, yeah. And then, it, you know, we'll let those positives do their two week quarantine and then we'll get back in the swing of things. So, so full restart right now with us. It's crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. And it's weeks left of actual in person stuff, anyways. Yeah, but once they go back, you go, you you can go home, or do you have to stay there? Um, or you no, we'll stay there? here. Like we'll stay here. I mean, I obviously like I can. I don't have. There's not a lot of people. I don't even know who's gonna stay around. Where Where are you from again? I'm I'm well. I'm from Maryland, but from this Maryland, is in. Right? Yeah, I'm from Maryland, but we're in South Carolina right now. Yeah, so it's. I don't know. Parents live in Texas, so like I don't have any family. Oh, really? In Maryland anymore? Yeah, all my only my friends oh, are in Maryland. Parents just peaced out. Yep, they peaced out right when I went to. What Salter. high school did you go to? Smyrna Park. What high school did you go to? Ah, yeah. So you live yeah. in Anne Arundel County area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the that was so the what, spot. But at Salisbury, did you play soccer at Salisbury? No, I that was my grad school. I played at Lynchburg. For so I did um oh, I did yeah. two years. Right. 
two years of community college at Anne Arundel. And then I did. Yeah. Um, then I went to finish out school at Lynchburg and I played only one, one year, um, one year there. Cause my senior year, I was just like, I'm, I'm Did you play focus. at Anne Arundel. Yeah. I played both, both semesters, freshman and so- or both years semester or for freshman and sophomore. So yeah. It wasn't bad. They and weren't the best. You, when you went to Lynchburg, were you uh, were you a like you were an exercise science or whatever major? Yeah. Yeah. And I, then you just went to then you applied to the Salisbury Masters. No, I actually did a I did a gap year, I guess. Um, mm. And I worked at a, as a private in the private sector for a little bit back in Maryland or back in Smyrna Park, and then at the same time I was volunteering at Washington College as a like yeah. an intern. Um Yo, you and, you then you would have known Jade Macias. Yeah, no, yeah, I know him. I also I also worked with him in um at, at Corver. Like I would I spent like Oh yeah yeah I yeah, think it was yeah, like that's right. twenty I think it was like twenty thirteen or twenty seventeen I was doing some uh Corver summer camps every 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 summer. So yeah. And that was fun. That's funny. And Jade would do that. Yeah, I remember him. He's got a baby now, right? He's in he Yeah, dude. I think he has another kid. He moved back to um New Zealand. Really? Wow. Yeah, took his kid and peaced out. Like no way. I didn't he went back there because he um he started playing soccer there. Like whatever league they're in. Oh, okay. I mean like I mean again, like might be a, his segue to like whatever it could be like a national team out. I mean, he's yeah, not, he's old, he's a lot, he's on the like downward slope because he's like getting older. I think he's like at least 29, 30. Yeah. He's a little older his, than I am. his wife is uh was the uh, ATC at Washington College. Oh. Oh yeah. I think I remember hearing about that. Her name is um Didn't he coach there for a little bit too? Yeah. yeah, he was like coaching, and <clears throat> you you probably know. Um, I think this kid went there. Um, his last name is Butler, J- Jack Butler. I think, or maybe his sister. I don't remember. Maybe his sister. But I don't know. Who knows? Butler. But yeah, that's cool, man. And then after you after you did that, you just went to Salisbury, right? Yeah. Did the program, and then yeah. you were under, just under Matt Nine, or like. You had to intern under Matt Nine. So when, assistant program. when I first got there for the first semester, I was actually a grad volunteer um, okay. because they had, they got, um, Dustin was there. That was his, he was going into his second year as a GA. And then Tommy, one of my good friends, um, he got the other position and he had gone. So Tommy was there his, uh, for undergrad. And did all like three years of interning with uh, Matt, so he kind of just moved right into the position because he did a great job there. And then we pulled or coach coach pulled a a guy um, actually that came from Limestone. His name was Brett. He came from Limestone and did went to get his master's degree at Salisbury. Um, and then he coming from a I guess coming from a full time position to a um, a GA position he wasn't yeah. really feeling that I guess and decided to that he could 
because now he's at he's a the director at Kenyon College, so he's like doing a really good job of what of, of now. So I you know it it was the right move for him for sure. But once that happened, um, Matt just came to me and said, "Hey, um, Brett's leaving. I would want you to be taking a spot. Do you want it?" And I was like, "Absolutely." Um, so then it was basically just it was basically a a year and a half. But, you know, I was actually training tennis at that time when I was an, a volunteer. I was training them um, with a little bit of oversight from Matt. Um, and then I would help Matt out with men's lacrosse, which I think is one of the reasons why he was like, I want, I think Tyler would be a good, good replacement. Um, so, so then I got, after, te- after that semester, I got tennis which I, or I kept tennis, gained men's soccer, gained women's basketball, and then gained uh, softball. And that would, again, help out with football and help out with men's lacrosse. Um, who, 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 mostly, who mostly dealt with football, Matt? Yeah, that football was Matt's team. Matt, Matt, Matt took that team. And then um, Tommy, and then would, lacrosse, Tommy would right? – Yeah, he would do lacrosse. He switches – every couple of years. Um, but he always keeps football. He always keeps the cross because we're the big teams. Yeah. Um, so how is it working with him? Cause you know, good. you know how Matt is like, he's, you know, recognized as one of the, you know, he's been NSCA what strength coach for multiple years. Yeah. He just so he's got, obviously, the, he's obviously doing something right. He's doing stuff. <laughs> he's, he's doing a lot. I mean, he really is. He really puts himself out there which is one of the things I appreciated about him because, um, you know, he was a fantastic mentor. Like my, the, the guy, uh, Johnny Jenkins was the head performance coach at um, Washington college. And he's the one who sparked the passion for the field. Um, and it was a really, it was, I mean, I didn't know a whole lot about strength and conditioning really. I knew you know, all the exercise science stuff, but then he was like, all right, this is what it takes to be in the strength and conditioning field. This is what you got to do. And I said, cool, I like it. I, I enjoy coaching. And then he encouraged me to p- apply to Salisbury and try to get a GA position with Matt because he knew Matt. And then he told me all about Matt. And then Matt basically just took the reins and made it even like in, improved the passion, like made it even exponentially better. Um, and I mean, he, he, he talks a lot about a lot about you know and i'm sure you you got a lot out of it a lot about culture like yeah i mean what like what does he address like what is something that you recall his i mean so the one thing that he and i would always talk about was the commitment continuum and how we can um assess commitment because really you can't really um you can't really put a number to how committed somebody could be Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of like a abstract topic, mm-hmm. like mental toughness, you know, co- coach yeah. nine, or coach nine talks a lot about mental toughness. Yeah. Um, and he says like, you know, what is it actually? Um, so then he started to get into like, you know, how committed are you to all these different pillars of, you know, playing your sport. And then you could use the commitment continuum to kind of rank or uh, to give a number to it. So now you're actually able to quantify it. So, I was really interested in that. And I actually did a little bit of that with men's soccer at Salisbury. And 
the, the big thing here is that you have to, you can't, it's hard to do this with a team that already has a culture in place. Um, now that's not to say that men's soccer didn't have a culture. It just needed a little bit. I just, we all thought it needed a little bit of a boost. And this was even talking with uh, our head coach, Alex, um, Alex uh, Hargrove um, preseason or before, no, in the summer before uh, my last semester with them. No, sorry. The, sp the winter before my last semester with them. And he's like, yeah, you know, I think this, that commitment continuum stuff would be great. Um, what are you thinking? And I just kind of gave him a spiel and we started doing it and I helped them define certain things that was expected of them. And then they started ranking themselves on a scale of one to 10, like commitment scale, um, how committed they were to that specific topic and that specific uh, standard that they set. And the greatest thing was I wasn't setting these standards for them. It was me trying to pull them or pull standards out of them so it wasn't it was all them they were they were the ones talking about it. they were the ones setting these standards and saying this. so now i can say like oh well you said this and you're not actually sticking to what you said mm -hmm. so then we can just basically we could you know do whatever we wanted from there but that was um that like i said i, I you can't really do that with the team that already has a culture so i don't actually do that at all now that i'm at limestone because a lot of the teams that I work with already have a set culture and they do, they're doing very well with it. Um, so yeah, culture was one of the, one of Matt's big things. And he also talked about how um, too many coaches worry about the X's and O's, but not enough about the, the mental side of things like um, being able to cope with stress, being able to accept criticism, holding mm -hmm. others accountable, um, and just like doing your job. Um, so that was really interesting to me. And then also like the creating a relationship part of things is uh, that's what Matt was the one that kind of pushed my thought process on improving my relationships with athletes to get more of a um, effort and focus out of their, their time with me. Um, yeah. So that stuff was really cool. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a number of, uh, you know, conferences where he's been the, you know, whatever, having giving talks. Yeah. And I think the, I think he, he, uh, he does a real good job with that about talking about culture and, and, and building a relationship with the kids. Cause I think, and, and that goes with any, really anything. And that's, and I'm sure you um, now probably do this very similar thing with the kid that you work with now. But, you know, mm -hmm. when we were younger, it's like, you know, the better you are, uh, the better relationship you have with your teammates, it's the same sort of thing, yeah. the easier it is to play with each other versus yeah. like having these like, you know, uh, you know, uncomfortable situations yeah. where like, you know, you don't want to deal with it or, this person yeah, is not grudges within a team. Yeah, exactly. There it definitely go. creates some resentment and mm -hmm. conflict within the team. And I agree it's the same way way with coaching is like I if I if I if you did something that I didn't like and I'm your teammate, you know, I I may not I hope I'd hope I wouldn't do this, but I may not like want to pass to you on the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but then if you if I like you and I and we're great friends and we play on this play on the field at the same time. It's like, you know, there's, there's going to be some good chemistry and we're going to kind of understand what each other's doing. 
same idea is like if I can't make if, if my athletes don't at least enjoy their time with me then they probably won't listen to what I have to say and they probably won't trust what I'm saying mm -hmm. um so uh that's why I want to be I want to make things fun not well let's let's not say fun because because fun can be taken in a different way yeah. um, and out of context but I want them to enjoy being here. Fun is involved. I also want it to be competitive. Mm -hmm. And I want them just like, you know, the simplest thing you can do is just play music that they like and they'll, they'll enjoy it. Yeah. And then me being a person, like I'm very, per I have a really outgoing personality. Yeah. And I, you know, it just makes the weight room just that much more enjoyable for an athlete who has never worked out and just hates exercising, <laughs> which you're going to get no matter what. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if they if they like me, they're gonna listen to me. Yeah, um, no, no, I agree, and and that's yeah. and that's like you, you know you're in the college scene, and I'm with like you know the youth kids, and yeah. you know <clears throat> it's the same same situation. You know, uh, it, they're gonna stick around, and they're gonna they're gonna enjoy it. You know, they're gonna really look back on the time that they had like at college or at, you know, so-and-so business mm -hmm. um, and say, you know, I liked it because of, you know, right. the person that I work with this and that. So it's like, that's really, that's like huge. Even, <clears throat> even, you know, hiring like other trainers, mm -hmm. it's, um, it's like on, you know, it's on, you got to like radar. It's got to be on your radar because yeah. Like, you got to see if you mesh with that person right. or you mesh with another coach and it makes it a little bit easier for you to, um, you know, bring them on and right, right, right. You know, have a good, again, culture and, you know, make them, you know, help the kids that they're going to work with. So. Mm -hmm. totally get it. Yeah, I agree with that. And then especially with, you know, being in the private sector and, you know, being, being taking that one year off of, to going to school, being a private sector, um, personal trainer, um, it, you got to make sure you're the people that you have like you, especially when you were, you're, like you said, working with the youth, mom and dad are paying for it. Yeah. So hopefully all they, all they care about is, is their kid finishing their session with a smile on their face. Mm -hmm. And that means that they like you and they'll mm -hmm. keep coming back. And now you have more, you know, yeah. you're getting, you're, you're getting paid now. Yeah. Um, so, so I get that. Yeah, man. Um, so kind of going on like what you do now with, with limestone. Um, I mean, I know it's a little crazy, but you know, you've been there for what, like two years now? This will be my second year going, going into my second year. So second, you, you started second last fall. Yeah. Last fall last, or last, last fall, last fall. I actually got in right after preseason for my fall team, which was unfortunate. I, I haven't really gotten a chance to have an actual preseason mm -hmm. for my fall teams yet. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, that, that's unfortunate for me. Uh, it doesn't give me the opportunity to really dive into some good, some solid preseason training. Um, but, you know, I'll eventually get to it. Um, yeah. It has been, it has been hectic, um, but we've been making it, making it work down here. Um, so, so with, with regards season. to, with regards to like, I mean, even we can even track back to when you were at Salisbury with regards to like soccer, 
like what what's your what's your sort of uh you know you know we had this we had our uh soccer clinic we talked about how mm-hmm. like the the soccer schedule for college soccer is is crammed and you know all that kind of stuff and you being kind of in the front lines you know talking about you know what are you doing in order to obviously in the off season which is most of the summer you know and then you got that preseason sort of transition gap and then you got the in season like what's what's what are you doing what um you know when freshmen are coming in what's Mm -hmm. like like an eye opener thing that you see yeah. that you wish like, you know, they had more experience in right. things like that. With the freshmen, um, the thing, I, the thing I see the most is, um, well, actually it's two things. The, the size is, mm. you know, you got, you got small guys coming in mm. and, you know, for soccer players, small is small. Um, not, it's not like a football player is coming in at like 185. These kids are coming in at like maybe 135 somewhere around there, which, you know, could be good for the sport, but, you know, putting a little bit more size on these guys will, will help them probably in the last two years of their, their career. Yeah. Um, but size is one of them. And then movement ability is another, like these guys have no idea how to move and they're also very tight. Um, so getting the, getting these freshmen in and then starting their season right away, it's hard to do hard to like really give them some time to prepare um, unless they're actually doing the summer program, which let's face it, not all, not everybody does that. Even yeah. returners don't do that. Um, so that's a, that you know, summer programs, we can get into a whole other topic in it and explain like how I can influence. Well, yeah, I mean, training. you, you like, let's talk about that. Cause you know, it's, it's really important. Yeah, yeah especially, especially for yeah. especially for the freshman kids that mm-hmm. you know want to you know play as they say as they you know come into their uh their first season right you know you know is it is it one of those things where like they don't have access to something or is it something where they're just not they don't want to do it because it's not soccer for the most part it's it's for the most part from what i've seen is it's um they just don't want to, to do it well let's let's do this it's the returners are the ones that will either do it or not do it because they either want to do it or they don't want to do it the freshman is a little different um i i would say there's a couple of things maybe three things or three reasons why they wouldn't be doing the summer program coming into their freshman year one they don't they've never worked out and they don't know what to do or mm-hmm. what i'm giving them two um they're lazy and they don't want to do it or three, they don't have access to something. Um, Mm. Most of the time they'll have to get like a gym membership, Um, which, you know, they should be getting a gym membership. If that's the case, what I, what I make sure that I do is I make the summer program very simple. Like we're just doing the simplest things we can do that are easy to explain in a couple of sentences. And then I'll add in like I'll link um, word I'll link hype a hyperlink links on like YouTube because mm. uh, we have a YouTube page that we put up uh, exercises on so we're they are seeing us do them and yeah. they're getting our cues yeah so I'll link it to a word on the page so that they can go in on the PDF and click it and see the video form the pretty simple it's pretty 
It's a simple thing we can do. Um, and then making it quick and easy. Yeah. It's the thing that I've found most successful. And then for me personally, or well, yeah, for me personally, I, I want them to be running the most uh, in the summer. Um, but then you got to get into, you know, are they playing the summer league? Are they doing, are they com- competing all the time? Are they, or are they only practicing twice a week and playing on a Saturday? Are they playing, you know, twice a week, practicing every other day? Who knows? Like, I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Um, so you have to, you just have to understand, you know, what they're, what, what you might be getting. Biggest thing is, you know, keep playing and uh, going on and running, doing some sprints, you know, because that's what they're going to do in their sport. They need to be able to, to run for a long 90 minutes, hopefully, and then also sprint. So tons of times in, uh, in that uh, 90 minute time frame. So my emphasis is just making sure that they can go out and run in the summer. Um, and then that kind of leads into what I would do um, in the off season is my, my emphasis is really on sprinting and conditioning because for the most part, we don't need a whole lot of muscle um, as soccer players um, compared to, compared to like football or lacrosse. Uh, obviously, you know, a stronger athlete has more muscle and it's going to run faster. So we want some, we want them to be strong and we want them to be fast. So of course I want to have a little bit of muscle on them, which means I don't neglect the weight room. So when I say that I emphasize conditioning and sprinting more, a lot of people will say like, Oh, well, you're, you're, are you not lifting them? It's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, but I'm just emphasizing the, the stuff that's more important in their sport, running and sprinting. Um, and I think uh, one of those ways, one of those ways to improve the, the running and the sprinting ability, yes, is sprinting um, as often as possible without, you know, causing fatigue, but also plyometrics. Um, and I've used that a lot lately. Um, and it's actually developed since uh, my time at, La Salisbury with Matt and also the times that I've had at University of Denver as an intern and especially with Ben Hoffman at uh, University of Maryland he's kind of he kind of like opened or like opened the next room uh, in terms of my understanding of how we can program plyometrics and use them to our advantage. When you were at yeah let's talk about that because that can uh, but I want a quick question when you were at Denver did yeah. you go to, or were you, or did you ever visit um, L- Lauren Landau? Weren't you there? Um, I didn't visit him specifically. I did actually get a chance to talk to him. And he had a lot. We also went to a conference called the Power Conference, and he okay, was speaking there. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's, you know, he's got some really good stuff on, you know, um, change of direction, agility, sprinting, all that stuff. I actually, I really thought that his, he's, he, he I don't think. I don't know if this is his, his uh, drill or not, but he uses the pivot step a lot. So you basically make an L with, uh, with three cones and you go in and instead of doing a quick, like 90 degree cut to the left using your right foot, you actually step with your left spin, uh, spin around and then sprint. So it's working that, that, um, 
Never, that, a, the, that ACL mechanism of injury, that yeah, yeah. The, the plant and twist. So it's like yeah. exposing the knee to that. So I thought that was great. But so, the problem that I see is. Um, so is it like you go straight? Yep. Left. You go yep. straight turn. Yeah. So you do like a little spin, a spin turn at that corner right there, a and that's spin it. turn at the corner. Okay. Yeah. So it's literally just like an L drill, bop bop. Um, but instead, instead of, of just cutting, being, instead of punching right, you spin left and spin hit left. You plant with your left and spin and out spin to your right, right. and then uh, I like that. It's really it's, it's good. But the problem you gotta you gotta worry about is like if you get an athlete who just isn't able to handle that kind of yeah. movement or load. Yeah. You gotta. It, it's I haven't actually done it yet with anybody. Yeah. I, I used to do it with <laughs> myself. Like I want to do it, but I just. The athletes that I get, they're just not capable of it right now. Um, I mean, it could be one of those things where you don't stick them into a drill. It's one of those things where you just, like, maybe just throw them into, like, a, just a spin, like, yeah. tags with, like, okay, yeah. you got to spin or some shit to yeah. get out of it. Because then they can – because, I, I mean, look at, the, look at it this way. Like, um, you know, I totally get it because, you know – I do not not like a drill like that, but like I'll do some like tag or shit yeah, with these like little kids, and and I'm trying to get them to understand like you don't just you don't just sprint and like don't cut make any type of cuts, don't do that. I'm like, yo, you gotta like ma- like open up your imagination on how yeah. to get away from people. Have fun with it. And yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, like, and so it's so funny when you see kids these days like spinning because it's like the it's like. It's like, yo, what the hell was What that? are you doing? Like, what are you yeah. doing? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most awkward spin. You're like, yo, when I was that young, like, I'd be oh, yeah. like, Oh, easy. yeah, because we spent so much time outside. Exactly, and it's exactly. so crazy because it's like, oh, my God. It's like they like the only thing they think about is like, I'm going to get there. I'm like, turn and like mm-hmm. do these rounded turns. Yeah. They don't – they like – no so it's interesting because you ha- – yeah, it's so interesting because you have to like – be so um like detailed on like hey i want you at this cone not to round it i want you to like cut at the cone yeah. if you round it it's gonna take Stick too it. long to yeah. get to from a to Stick b it. or whatever Stick it. yeah yeah i like that yeah, I, I use that a lot because i you see that i see that a lot um with literally every single field sport that i work with here and i back in salisbury too um, everybody likes to round their turns, and I'm like, you think this is gonna, this, you think this is gonna be faster or slower than, literally like sticking a, co- like literally turning on a dime, and I like to use the word stick, a stick that turn, like yeah, stick that exactly. cut instead of rounding it. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing, like, uh, and and all these kids, and I'm sure you get the same thing, like, yo, I want to be faster. It's like, okay, oh yeah, you you can get faster by learning how to like change direction properly and like understanding how to decelerate, yeah. understanding how to like, it's not like how quick your feet are moving. Like that's, that's straight. It's really not. Yeah. It's straight BS. It's like, yeah, you're not getting faster by going through a freaking ladder. ladder. Oh yeah. I get, we get a <laughs> lot. I get, I hate, Everybody I get knows. I'm like, dude, this is speed like, ladders. Yo, yeah. That's not going to help you get faster. No. It's a good warm up. Warm up. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, let's talk about plyos. Like, we're, we're like, we know how, we know how important it is. Oh, and yeah. 
and you you're you're you know starting to talk about it. So like, where where were you where were you gonna go with that? Um, I was just gonna get into like you know how I use it for soccer. But the crazy part is, you know, just like tr like weightlifting in general or weight training in general, um, you're, you're using a lot of the same stuff. You're just slightly altering it to um, be a little bit more sports specific. Um, and that's such a broad term, but I'll, I'll get into like the way I make my plyometric programs sport specific per sport. And at Limestone right now, I use plyometrics for, I think, three teams um that's men uh men's and women's well sorry four teams men's and women's soccer wait hold on five teams so five out of my six teams um because you know soccer you need to be able to sprint and and then volleyball you need to be able to jump and then i also have cheer which is very like their sport is biometric that's yeah. all they do so i use that a lot it's just for cheer since they're jumping a lot like more so than volleyball um I'm not doing a whole lot of it. It's just, you know, the volume's a lot lower. Um, and then volleyball, um, same idea. I'm just doing a little bit more volume than cheer, um, but not as much as I would with, like, soccer because they're jumping in their, in their sport all the time. Mm -hmm. And then if you also look at compared to, you know, volleyball to soccer, volleyball's vertical for the most, like, pretty much all the time. Soccer, you do a little bit of jumping. Um, and then, but most of the time it's sprinting and now sprinting is plyometric. Yeah. So I want to be working for soccer. I want to be working more of the horizontal force um, vector. So like I do a lot of horizontal work with um, men's and women's soccer. I do more vertical stuff with volleyball. Um, uh, so, I, but that's not to say that I don't neglect it in soccer. I do work yeah vertical stuff with them and that's when i that's kind of like at the beginning of this the um the beginning of the off season can you hear the music in the background okay good because they some some guys just came in they're blasting the music um where was i ah yeah so basically getting into like the off season you know we'll get i'll, I'll start off with like the freshmen um because i'm not going to throw them right into a plyometric program that the seniors are doing because um, that'd be crazy. But when I first get, um, when I first get the team, I'll assess two different things, a 10 meter and a 20 meter sprint, which I use timing gates for, and then broad jumping. Um, and those are pretty good. Like those are assessments that I could use for multiple different reasons. Um, one is to see how fast they are and how powerful lower body power, how much lower body power they have. Um, but it's also a good idea is like, you know, the faster guys, faster guys are probably going to be able to handle higher intensity and plyometrics and the slower guys, you know, maybe not. Um, so that gives me just a little bit of like a screening or ability level at that point when I'm and rather than like spending so much time doing like depth drops with for like flight time and all that stuff. I have mm -hmm. two things that I can easily just take a look at and be like, oh, faster guys are probably going to handle that slower guys probably need to, you know, back off to begin with. Um, so for the freshmen, we'll start off with like a remedial program, which I focus a lot on like low level plyometrics, working on like, you know, we'll, uh, we'll start doing slow ground contact times because that's not as intense as higher ground or faster ground contact times. 
uh, single efforts and then like really simple exercises. So we're looking at like um, broad jumps, vertical jumps, these things that everybody likes to do now called snap downs and depth drops. Um, and that's kind of the extent of that first, you know, first phase for, um, well, actually, sorry, I forgot about uh, pogo jumps. So we'll do pogo jumps that are super low level and we'll do a high volume of it. Um, forwards, backwards in place, side to side, single leg, just a lot of different crazy stuff to work on, like getting those uh, muscle, lower body muscles and tendons kind of ex uh, exposed to low levels of stress that'll help them get more or help them tolerate the higher intensities that we'll see later on. Um, mm -hmm. But of course, like the, the advanced guys, so probably my juniors and seniors will, will start at like a, a slightly higher level. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be doing depth jumps with them right day one. I'd actually have them go back a phase like from where they were last year, you know, start out with like, um, you know, low level, like some low level exercises to moderate level plyos um, with like similar volumes as freshmen. Um, and they can handle that because they've been training with me for at least a year. Um, and when we're working in that for the advanced guys, when we're working there, um, moderate level plyos, we're going to try to work on faster ground contact times. We might move into like some multiple effort exercises, but a lot of single effort still. But what at that point, I start making it more complex by forcing them into different planes of motion. So most of the time it's, we're going like sagittal, like straight up and down or forward and back. Now it's lateral. We'll go side to side in the frontal plane. We'll, we'll rotate. We'll, um, we'll combine like a vertical jump to a broad jump um, because that would be a single effort. So it's just kind of thinking about how, how I can increase the complexity at that point. And then once we get to the late off season, like when we're you know, maybe a month or two away from our preseason, that's when I'm working towards um, like high intensity plyos, like the fastest ground contact times you can see, multiple planes, multiple efforts, all that stuff. So like that would look like, um, that would look like uh, repeat verticals. So just trying to jump off the ground as fast as you can. Um, maybe like mm -hmm. some tuck jumps. Mm -hmm. um, I really like to use mm -hmm. uphill broad jumps. And I do that out at practice if I get a chance to. Um, because we have a okay. great like uphill um, turf like pathway that leads down to the, to the field. Um, so I'll use that. Right. It's, it's great. I mean, it's really helpful. But, you know, is if I can't. Like, <clears throat> is it like a long distance or is it like few jumps? Uh, I just, you know, to keep things simple, I just do a triple jump. Um, and then we'll, the, the one thing I actually like, and for the men's team here, um, coach Alsop likes to, or the, the culture here is always competitive. Everything they do is competitive. Mm. Um, whether it be like, you know, whether it would be the, the last like sprint in my warm up because I always end a, end a warm up with a sprint for a field session. Yeah. That last sprint, both, sorry, the, the two sprints are competitive. Like, it's not, you know, this is just building up. We're going. Like, you try to be the first guy there. Um, what I do is I'll give, 
I'll pair two pair guys up and then I'll give each of them a cone, different colors, obviously. And so they all start on the same line and the first guy goes, he puts his cone down in line with his heel. The next guy goes and tries to beat him on that triple broad jump. And then they just keep competing every single set until, you know, and then, you know, say they do four sets, you know, whoever won the most, um, the most sets, you know, gets the, gets the, the clout or the, um, the reward of being the guy who beat you. So they love that one. I like doing that a lot with them, but also Wait, looking so at, I'm trying to think about how, so guy jumps, puts his cone down, puts it at his heel. Yeah. And then the next guy jumps, tries to beat that guy. Is that what you're yeah. saying? So you're just trying to beat right. each other, but also, you know, you can spin it as you're trying to beat yourself, your previous mm. jump. Um, mm. But, you know, I, you know, when I work on my, my sprinting, my jumping and plyometrics, I'll actually do that myself. I'll, I'll go on a flat surface and go triple jump and try to beat my previous cone. Um, it really works. It really does. Um, but like that. also looking at like using hurdles. I like, I love using hurdles because the coaches have them. Um, if I can get a chance to be out on the field with them for practice, you know, we'll do that during the warm up, uh, or in between the warm up and our first like drill. Um, they'll go over there. They'll do repeat jumps, um, either linear or lateral. And then the one thing that I've started to do is when we first get into hurdles, it'll be a jump as high as you can and stick the landing, reset, and then jump again so it's not continuous. Then it'll be a um, jump like hurdle jumps so trying to get up as high as you can a double bounce so you absorb and do like a small hop in between and then jump over again you will hop boom one two and then stick and then finally you go to continuous where it's just one jump every single hurdle um and that i think is just the best um progression because that's a really intense exercise um doing a continuous hurdle with one one bounce in between it's you know i almost popped my Achilles uh this week trying to do that stuff so uh gotta be careful with that right um well how big is the hurdle uh the ones that I use for the guys for the most part are uh, I want to say like close to 30 I think Inch, uh, okay. I, I can't even like right now are I they, are they hurdles are they hurdles it's almost like, almost uh, hip height for some, are they like the like ones that. that you have on like the track team uses uh, no, or we have or probably like green, probably at like the lowest level. Like, okay. you know, if you're looking at a track hurdle, are they like the green? No, we actually, so here we actually have, um, we made them out of pieces. Oh, you made your own. That's yeah. tight. Yeah. And then, um, the soccer coaches have like quick goal, um, yeah, yeah. yellow they're ones that, uh, they're probably about knee height, maybe. Yeah, probably about knee height. Um, and so I, like, I'll have the higher one set up and I'll have the lower one set up because I know I have a large spectrum of, of ability. So I'll let them kind of pick which side they're going to go on. The guys who are probably older and a little bit faster can handle the, the, the jump, the higher jumps. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I, how I program the, um, do you do – I mean, I know I know you're talking about lateral stuff. Do you do any lateral hurdle stuff, or is it just mostly 
like broad jump type stuff. No, we'll I do mean some lateral, lateral bounds stuff. and stuff like I that. I like doing lateral bounds more than I like doing lateral jumps. Like yeah, um, but and and that's really great for helping out with like you know emphasizing angles for changing direction. Mm. Um, so I'm sure you do we'll, some rotational jumps. Yeah, we do rotational jumps. Um, and we'll start out like the like uh, at the very beginning when we do, when we do remedial like jumping. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a it'll be like a pogo jump, but you'll do like a ninety degree turn. So like you're getting the idea down. It's not as difficult. It's not as um, stressful on the on the lig or sorry the tendons and muscles. But then we get to go into like all right, we're gonna go jump, spin, land, stick, then do it again as high as we can. Then it might be jump two two legs to one leg while you're turning and then it might be like that like high intensity quick off the ground turning and then you know everybody likes to do the what they what is it called per- perturbation perturbations where you like jump and somebody pushes you oh yeah i know it's in the fifa 11 but you know i'm not really sure i thought, that, I like I thought that. that was the one where you i thought that was the one um where you jump up and like bump shoulders. Yeah, the it's the, the same idea. You can ju- you can push somebody from any any direction. Okay. I don't know how I feel about that one. It, I, it makes sense, but yeah, you know, I don't want anybody coming at me and saying like, "Oh, you you made them do this." Like they just hurt themselves because their their buddy tried to be a little too aggressive and they knocked them down and now they sprained their ankle. Yeah, right. It's not my fault, really, <laughs> but. <laughs> But I, but you know, it would look bad. Yeah, on me but that makes sense, that. though. I mean, I mean, I, I, I get why people do it, uh, but you know, it's one of those things where, like, if you're in, it, it might be a totally different scenario if you're like having you like younger kids and they're just yeah. messing around yeah. and they go up and do it and 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 really like, you know, crush each other and then someone gets hurt. Like that's. Yeah, you know, it could be at bad. your level, it's probably a little bit different because you can kind of control the yeah, and they're a little bit the attitude and yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, in terms of just in terms of simplicity of how I can like um, how I can lead a session or coordinate a session, you know, that stuff, you know, it's just it just for some reason doesn't get doesn't click as well for some mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather just get things done quick. You know, I, I've started to learn that I need to work effectively. And my, my whole goal is if I'm trying to do like a plyometric sprint session, I want to try to be done in like less than 40 minutes. Um, so, okay. I want to ask you, so you segued into something else I was going to ask you. So when you're doing plyos, obviously this is a totally different day than strength day. Yeah. Um, potentially like they mm-hmm. could go on the same days if you wanted them to. Yeah. But I'm sure you have the time where they can be on two different. And then that's probably how you program it in the off season. I'm sure it's a little bit different where if you're doing any type of plyo in season. Yeah. Um, but when you do speed work, are you doing speed then plyo or plyo then speed? I'll, I'll do plyo then speed if I want, if I involve it. Um, just cause it, it's kind of like you can, you really, you're really doing your plyometrics in a small area. And then you can start moving. Um, yeah. Obviously, obviously for a, like a warm up, I'll involve both. But yeah. you know, like I said earlier, I'll always have like two sprints at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have them sprint there, and then we'll go into the plyos. So that 
you know, they've exposed themselves to some high velocity sprinting. Yeah. You know, that's important for a speed session. Yeah. But they are exposed to that before they start doing their actual, like, you know, 95 to 100% like sprint yeah. work. Um, but then, you know, adding in the plyometrics and for the, at this point, it would probably be low volume because we're sprinting already. So I'd rather, I'd rather work a little bit lower volume at that point. Um, but we'll do plyos there. Um, and then we'll move right into our, uh, our sprint stuff. Um, yeah. And then when you do your sprint stuff, I mean, <clears throat> are you seeing a huge discrepancy from freshmen to obviously the older kids? Cause they've sort of been in the program, but have been doing strength training for a while. Maybe, you know, that say it's a senior, obviously he's been there for four years, but yeah. has he, uh, what's, you know, what is his experience prior to college yeah. and things like that? I'm you probably saw that kind of it's, similar it's, situation at Salisbury a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, and that's the thing, like I'm trying to tie in like the college and the youth because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's uh, a lot of kids don't really understand uh, that it is definitely a totally different level when it mm-hmm. comes to, yeah, granted, like, you know, if you could play soccer Great. But there's going to be a time where like, that's going to hit like a, like um, a roadblock. You're going to hit a roadblock because, you know, kids, certain people are going to slowly start developing and getting stronger and getting faster and getting better. And if you're, you know, just using your quote unquote skill as the only thing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to, it's not going to take you there for sure. Right. Like there, that's hundred percent sure. Yeah. Like, um, ta- like talent will only get you so far. Exactly. At, and at so, a certain point. Yeah. And, 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 and I'm sure, and you've been around the college scene enough to see that coming in as a, you know, a freshman kid, uh, you know, not doing anything prior is, I'm not saying it's setting you back, but you got a lot of work to put in. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely, it makes the job a little harder, but, um, you know, you're going to see that every, in every sport, um, except for, you know, the ones that are, you know, you know, have the tendency to actually be involved in the weight room, like you know, football, lacrosse, yeah. um, baseball, like those, those, those sports, typically you see a lot of guys wanting to be in the weight room. Um, but you don't see that with soccer, uh, in a lot of places, mm-hmm. um, so, um, you know, well, actually, I, I, I actually have some thoughts on like what I would want to see in a, uh, incoming freshman or what they should be doing beforehand. But, um, sprinting, you know, it, it really, it's, it, it, it I like this. I like this cause coach, uh, coach nine says this all the time. It depends. So I, um, for the most part, most freshmen come in not understanding like, or not having good form, not understanding how, you know, what you're supposed to be doing when you're sprinting. Um, and it's just because they've never been taught or they haven't learned how to sprint properly, which is okay, you know, but, but then you have them in their first sprint session with me and I say, all right, Hey, we're going to do a skips. They don't know what an a skip is. And so I have to slowly explain it and, you know, they never get it first time. Yeah. There's a, there's a handful that might actually get it. 
but they they take a couple of weeks to fully understand every single portion of an A skip. And I love using A skips for or like certain variations of an A skip, like a triple triple hit, A skip, A march. All that stuff is helpful in improving technique of sprinting. Um, but then of course they for some reason end up not being able to apply it to the sprint and it just takes time. Um, but at the same time, like soccer players, like I said before, they're, they just don't understand how to move well. And so I see seniors still having issues. Um, and I'm trying to do my best to slowly adjust, adjust them. Uh, I haven't been able to see a whole lot of development because I've only been here for a year, year and a half. Um, and I hope to see some more improvement. Um, especially once we get back into the swing of things that you know, I haven't really got a chance to look at these guys because of COVID, but you know, that's besides the point. Um, and one other thing that I know, I, I think about, you know, sprinting and soccer players is like, how often do soccer players actually get into full sprinting? It's without the ball. And I, you know, there's, you know, when they have the ball, their feet are choppy. So their sprints, their sprint form is not going to be like a track, track uh, like a 100 meter uh, guy. It's not going to be the same same form because you know they're they're trying to be quick with the ball, choppy steps. They need to be able to change direction at on a whim. Um, and there's also been discussions on like, is it necessary to work on improving the sprint form when? you're dribbling with in soccer when you're dribbling with a ball, you know, you're still taking those choppy steps. I remember mm-hmm. like years ago, um, it was like the ESPN, like sports science show where they would take like elite athletes and try to explain like how they do things. And they had Cristiano Ronaldo um, in with like some track guy. I can't remember who it was. And they were supposed to do like a weave like sprint or like a straight sprint. And they explain like how Cristiano Ronaldo is still fast, even though he takes choppy steps because he's a soccer player. And so when I, when I think about it, it's like, am I really, is it really important for me to be changing these guys' form? You know, some yeah. people might say that it's helpful, like in the long run, it's more athletic to improve sprint form. Um, but in terms of improving the the their speed on the field um you know i'm not sure how i what i think about that so yeah playing around with it yeah i mean no i totally get it because i mean at the end of the day like you know there's i don't know there's some stat out there that says how how long you actually have the ball right yeah it's like you know minutes literally less than five minutes like probably even less than three minutes but in total the whole game yeah um but again i think i I, the reason i stress speed not i don't really stress it i just you know i want the kids to understand that like you know running with a with a rotational posture like you know things like that like changing the way those certain mechanics okay Sure. Yeah. I mean, sure. Getting them faster, yeah, it's gonna take time. But like the other thing is, is like you're not getting faster if you're, you know, not exposing yourself to some kind of plyometrics that you were yeah. talking about before. If you're not exposing yourself to the weight room, you're not, you know, exposing yourself to like literally, like, 
you know, different type of speed, like modalities, for instance, you know, sled work, banded stuff, like things like that. So like, you know, a kid coming to you to somebody and even you or in the private sector, it's like, and he wants to get faster. It's like, okay, well, I mean, you got to commit to you it. Know, you're, yeah, you got to commit. Like, you can't just sit here and tell me, like, oh, I'm going to come, like, when I can. Yeah. You no, know, like, good. it doesn't work like that. Right, like, exactly. You, you're basically telling me, like, like you, you don't really care that much. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and that's, like, the same with practice. It's like, you, if you really enjoy playing soccer and want to get better, you're not just going to practice when you have to practice you're going to practice like all the time on the other days like on you know things that you feel like you need to get better at yeah yeah. um and that's the thing that's the but that's the problem the culture in this country it's like yeah i agree with soccer it's like it's not the number one sport okay well you know i only pay so and so uh three times every week practice okay cool like you can do the same drills that you did at practice and get better like yeah it's not like you know yeah. So I, 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 you know, again, like speed, you know, at the end of the day, like it works, but like, like you said, like you got to commit to it. You got to commit you know, to other and, too. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. um, and so, but yeah, I mean, I think as a freshman coming in, it's, it's really important that you at least touch some sort of, you know, pro program Program. even if it's just like one year of it as a senior like yeah you know like you you probably know better than me like you know i'm sure a a high percentage of kids come in like having not gone to a weight room (laughs) no it's a lot it's a lot but then when you get like the the ones um i I specifically i'm thinking of uh one of my women's volleyball players who she graduated high school early and then started training with us in the spring this past year. Okay. Um, and she had spent the last two years of, of high school, like, in a in a weight training class. And she comes in and she's able to, she's able to clean well. She's probably one of the strongest players on the team as a freshman. Um, and it just goes to show like what, what happens with, you know, when you actually like, kind of do stuff before you mm-hmm. get into college. And now she's, mm-hmm. you know, in that, in a, in a better position, than her you know peers within within the freshman freshman class um yeah so it's pretty cool to see that Um, yeah no and i think that's great and 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 the other thing i wanted to say and ask you is um when wow what was i gonna ask you so like oh wow i literally (laughs) blank fart it happens all the time man um I mean, yeah, forget it. I forget. Anyways, yeah. um, so yeah. Well, well, that kind of makes me think of, you know, one of the one of the last questions that you asked me yeah. or you sent to me uh, yesterday was, you know, what I would suggest to an incoming freshman, and I I think we 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 touched on like, we touched on two of those actually. Yeah. Um, the there were three of three things that I was going to say. The first one was like actually working on the skills of the game, and that's exactly what you were saying. Is like if you want to be better at the sport, you have to practice more than just the days that you go to practice. You have to be actually learning this, like spend time practicing your craft, like master the basics, 
work on your weaknesses on a weekly basis. Um, and then eventually everything else will improve. And then it goes to show that it's the same idea in the weight room was like, if you're getting good at the basics, then, you know, you know, like a squat, the hit, like hinge, push, pull, all that stuff. You're going to get better at other things that we're going to do like sprinting. Like if you, if we're on a program, if you're in a program that, um, emphasizes Olympic weightlifting, like your squat's going to help with that. Your, um, power up is that, you know, just being able to squat well is going to help you get yeah. clean. Um, and then the second was about the weight room. Um, you know, you don't have to be ripped to play, to play soccer. Um, you just need to be really strong, really fast um, for your body weight. And, you know, that's, that's com like compared to like football where, you know, you should have some, you do, um, you do need to have a little bit of padding on your body. Um, you do need to have some muscle because you're working with guys that are 300 pounds almost. So yeah, that sport would need it, but we don't, we need to be able to run fast and mm -hmm. more weight means doesn't well more weight doesn't necessarily mean running slow, but um, you know, being able to run fast for 90 minutes at 300 pounds is going to be tough. So hopefully yeah. we're not there. Um, yeah. And then the last thing was, you know, you just need to start like freshmen just need us or incoming freshmen need to start investigating like, the fitness professionals around the area where they're from so that, that they can find somebody that can help them move better. And that's the biggest thing is like, I don't really need to have a insanely strong freshman come in. I just need a freshman that has the basic ability to move. And then I can build on top of that. Yeah. And you know, I believe that moving well is helpful for mitigating injuries. If you're able to, move your hips in multiple different planes through a full range of motion. Um, like I think you're less likely to get injured that way rather mm -hmm. than if you were like stiff. Mm -hmm. Like if I can, if my hamstring can only go like, like I can only straighten my hamstring like that much rather than straight like that. I mean, that's, that's an issue. Yeah. Um, and you know, you see, you see soccer players having like an insane amount of hamstring immobility their hamstrings are super tight. Their hip flexors are super tight. Their groins are tight. And, you know, what are the most like acute or what's the, what, what's the prevalence of, or, you know, which exercise, sorry, which injuries are most prevalent in soccer? It's like hamstring injuries, groin injuries, hip flexor strains. It's like, well, that's because you're tight. Body. Yeah. Yeah. And so it. just find somebody that can help you move well. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily need you to be strong right away. I'll get you strong when you get there. Yeah. So, cause I mean, again, like at the end of the day, and, and I think a lot of kids get the misconception too, that, you know, what, what's the, what's the definition of strong? Cause they look at strong as like, Oh, I have a shitload of muscle versus yeah. just strong, like neuromuscularly. And I mean, yeah. obviously I'm not going to go down that path with a kid because yeah. he doesn't care. Yeah. But it's just like there's two different – like it's totally different spectrum. Mm -hmm. Like you could have like a really, really muscular guy. He's not that strong. Yeah. Just he's very like hypertrophy. Yeah, look at bodybuilders. Like all day. Yeah, exactly. Then you have like a really, really, really strong kid who might look – he might have muscle, but he looks – he's probably strong because he can, you know, squat and whatever, 250. Like really well. Yeah, lift, whatever. 
225, whatever. Um, but he's strong. Yeah. Um, and he's not like huge, which is yeah. a totally different scenario. And that's yeah. the thing, like you and, and, and getting kids to understand that. Cause like, they're like, well, I don't want to get big. Well, it's like, yo, you're not going to get big. No, the only way you get big is if you big. eat like a f- garbage can. Yeah. And if you, <laughs> if, you, like, if you eat a lot of food and yeah. then if you like, you know, uh, you know, on a certain type of program where you're going to add muscle, like a lot mm. of it. Um, so yeah, that's like the, literally the conversations I have to have with kids. Yeah, I mean, I know, right? I'm sure you can, you probably, it's probably totally different with you because the kids are like, yo, I want to put like so much muscle on. Yeah. I like, get you know, the battling in college soccer is, yeah. is in a whole nother level. Yeah. We got, we have um, tons of gold standard whey protein that we, are allowed to give out like you know we give a scoop out to anybody who brings their shaker in and i got like yeah so like all my soccer guys like hey, coach can i get some can i get some uh protein man i'm like yeah i mean you can but like if you want to get big like i have a freshman or no he's a sophomore now he was he started last year as a freshman he's really skillful but he's tiny like very very small he's probably about i'd say probably like five three five four um, can't remember what wow. position he plays. Uh, he's like, he's probably like in the 130, like weight range, and punished. And he, yo, yeah, he, he started coming to me and was like, "Hey, coach, can, you know, I want to get bigger." I was like, "Well, what I'm doing right now is for you is getting, you know, this should elicit muscle growth, but you can't just come in here and ask for protein. Like, you need to go and literally get into some actual eating." Yeah. Um, and it, there's no better time than right now during the off season. And we're, we're lucky enough to have a, um, a sports nutritionist on our staff oh, that's actually, who actually has, is a registered dietitian. And so she takes consults within our athlete, for our athletes. And, and I still can't – I'm still amazed how many athletes we have come to us when, we, we, when they know that we have a nutritionist on, on campus like yeah. for they're at for the athletes and we're like yeah that's emily's job like how about you i'll give you her her work phone number you give her a call she's got she's got great information and she'll like literally put a plan for you like put it together for you like if you only eat from the cafeteria like she she works hand in hand with the cafeteria like she can go in ask the people who like, what's the what's the meal plan for the week and she can go in and say like this is what this is how much you should eat of it this is what you should eat, all this different stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. They don't even know. No, and, 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 and that's, that's really important because, again, like, like we had on the clinic when, uh, you know, Stephanie was talking about the importance of, you know, eating for your sport. It's, oh, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's huge. I love that. If it you was don't, great. If you don't, like, there's so many – you know, I'm not saying like side effects, but like so many bad things that could happen, um, mm-hmm. not only internally, but just like, you know, your, uh, your ability to play at a high level, like slowly diminishes if you don't eat the right thing. Yeah, and exactly. that's what a lot of these kids don't get. And, and she's hundred percent correct about, Oh, you know, having a kid eat like once or twice a day, max, even before training or even mm-hmm. before, you know, whatever. So it's, um, again, it's an edu, like I said, like I always say, it's an educational mm-hmm. thing, um, constantly. Yeah, no, it is. 
Yeah, the kids don't know. I mean, unless they're in a strength and conditioning court, like program like we have here. Yeah. You know, we got to – it's all about education. Mm-hmm. Well, we're big time on that. Um, mm-hmm. here, you know, Co- Coach Rogers and I um, like to challenge our athletes at the end of a lift and ask them questions about things. Yeah. And it's gotten to the point where we can just, you know, our returners are able to come in and just get going. Like, we don't really have to – uh, you know, baby them. Obviously, we have to baby the freshmen a little bit because they don't, they yeah. just don't know. Um, and that's the other thing for freshmen, incoming freshmen, is just like you need to under, you need to learn how to be coachable and learn. I think the one thing that they don't understand is they don't know how to learn. They don't, they don't know how to learn new ways to cope with stress, accept criticism, and like be held accountable. Mm-hmm. Too many of them are worried, like they're worried about or they think that they're, they're getting personally attacked when somebody's trying to hold them accountable. It's like, no, we're trying to help you get better. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's another thing that they need to just learn and just like, be, just accept the criticism because we're trying to help you and, you know, just be coachable, like we're here yeah. to help. Yeah. So. No, you're right. I mean, that's, I hate to say it, but it all comes back to the the, the environment that they were brought up in. Mm-hmm. Um, we have no control over that. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, you, you might you might be able to because you're getting them younger than me. Yeah. But when I get them, they're they're already like they're already like they're already young adults, and I can't do yeah. much about it. But we try our best. But mm-hmm. again, you just got to educate, and hopefully, hopefully they. Um, sort of grasp something that yep. you're you know educating them on um mm-hmm. and then just kind of you know hope for the best hope. i'll tell yeah. you that <laughs> so yeah all right man well thanks yeah. again for hopping Absolutely. on with me um it's good to talk chit chat about what you're doing down there and you know sure. your experience so far absolutely um and i will put you know your contact and all that info if, you yeah, know, yeah listeners have questions so for sure yeah man all right All right, take it easy. We talk soon, man. Peace, Tyler. All right, bye.